The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Throughout history, dreamers have opened the door for positive change that reshapes the world. Our dreams and stories can also attract individual prosperity and success. Join creative artist Valerie June, Aisha Ophelia, Jacqueline Suskin, and Sarah Walco for The Power of Radical Imagination, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Ignite your radical imagination and cultivate positive change. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Thanks for joining us. This is UnityOnlineRadio.org, the voice of an awakening world. Unlock the power of your dreams. Welcome to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome to the Ask Dr. Dream Show, where you uncover the truth of your dreams and reveal the beauty of who you are. I'm your host, Dr. Dream, Kelly Sullivan Walden. So grateful to be here with you on Unity Online Radio and Facebook Live, and and we're going to be on YouTube as well pretty soon, (laughs) all over the place. I'm just grateful to be with you. The number to call if you have a question about your dreams or about your emotions. We're going to be talking about emotions today and and kids with special needs and this amazing book that's going to be coming out soon um, called My Emotions Are Not Me. If you have a question about any of those things, you're going to call 816-251-3555. Again, 816-251-3555. We'll take your questions on the other half of the show. In the meantime, Um, let me do the quickest little prayer. And if you're watching on Facebook, on my, my Facebook page, which is Kelly Sullivan, Walden dreams, give a, give a wave to Nikki Davis, who's my guest. Hi, Nikki. I'm going to give a formal introduction of you in just a moment, but I always start with a little teeny prayer. So I'm going to start with that and a little reading of the luminous humanness for the day, but let's just turn within for a moment. Let's take a breath. Let's release and let go of all the getting here and the technology and the wherever you've been before this moment as much as possible, like a children's etch-a-sketch game, those old-fashioned ones we used to have. Let's just shake it off and like drop it all. Let the slate go blank as much as possible. Taking in a big, deep breath, coming into that calm, still place in our hearts calling on the sunlight of the spirit to fill us up and open us up and help us to have a lucid dream during this waking dream we're having, having it be lucid so that we can have it be at the edge of our seat, at the top of the mountain, at the very edge of the best of who we're capable of being. 
So that's what the show is dedicated to you and your dreams, your dream life. And one of the best ways to do that is via having some emotional intelligence, whether it be for you or for your kids. So I'm going to just read you a quick little, this is kind of a perfect message for the day. I always read my luminous humanness message for the day. And this is for today. Um, This is the 23rd and the message is heart rocks. When you begin to look, and this is, oh, I dedicate this to Misha. Misha finds these everywhere. When you begin to look for heart rocks along the sandy shores of life, you tend to find them. Just like when you look for love, you tend to find it in every person with whom you cross paths. St. Francis of Assisi said, what we're looking for is what is looking. In other words, when you see the love around you coming from every direction, including the most unlikely people and places. It's because of the vibration you emanate. Today, allow yourself to access the enormous love coursing through you. Make this day, make this the day you set it free and give your love wholeheartedly. Affirmation, I bring my overflowing heart to the party and I receive more love than I can contain. So that's from Luminous Humanness. And I think that's a perfect message because today is about kind of ultimately, I think if we can get a grip on our emotions, what's what's underneath it is love. So let me <laughs> just read a little bit of what Nikki um, Davis shared with me. Mr. Rogers once said, of course I get angry. Of course I get sad. I have a full range of emotions. I also have a whole smorgasbord of ways of dealing with my feelings. That's what we should give children. And I would say the child inside all of us. Give them ways to express their rage without hurting themselves or someone else. Oh my God. Hello. We just have a pause and an amen on that. That's what the world needs. As the child of a busy mother and an abusive father, so sorry to hear that, Nikki Ann Davis bonded with the forests of northeastern Pennsylvania. It was in the woods that she found her path to healing, and she's going to share with us more about her path, especially as the mom of a neurodivergent son. She's got a book coming up soon. It's not available yet, so this is just to get you prepared and excited about when the book does come out. It's called My Emotions Are Not Me. It's an illustrated learning journal to give children and adults tools to navigate the oceans of emotion that could be so overwhelming. Nikki's website is My Emotions Are Not Me. And basically, that's how you can find her on Instagram and all the other places. But before we get into all that, Nikki, welcome to the show. Kelly, thank you so much for having me. Biggest of hugs to you. and Biggest of hugs. Oh, I totally feel hugged already. Uh, me too. Yes. Thank you. And it was actually my stepfather that was abusive. It was your stepfather. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's be clear about that. We don't want to. Yeah. That's... Yeah. So Nikki, um, let's just get right into it. Can you give us some of your background about how, like what it was like for you as a kid growing up? Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, like so many children, mm-hmm. I experienced quite a bit of trauma when I was young. Um, I experienced parental abandonment. I witnessed drug addiction and domestic violence. And I don't bring that up because I'm looking for sympathy at all. I bring it up for context. Um, And because it's a fact that millions of children are exposed to what I faced every day. 
and nothing about that that situation that I was in is is unique, unfortunately. Um, And I think a lot of people who see adversity in that way when they're young don't have the opportunity to find healing like I did. Um, So I think it's really important to talk about these experiences. Um, And despite everything that I went through, I did have amazing, wonderful people in my life. My mom's side of the family was beautiful. I had amazing grandparents and cousins whom will never know the impact that they had on me, most likely. Yeah, they were really powerful. And, um, And I was also able, as you said, to deeply bond with the forest um, that was around me. And um, I was such a weird little kid when I think about it. Like I was the kid that would hug trees and talk to them. And like there were these big boulders in the forest that were like my friends. And I really. That's not weird. That's really intelligent. It's brilliant. We should all be doing that all the time, but keep going. Sorry to interrupt. No, that's okay. Yeah. And I think it was that bond at that early age that helped me to see that the situation that I was in wasn't permanent. I can remember being about 12 years old and um, crying in my room and wondering why I had to grow up in this environment. Like why, why was I going through all this awful stuff? And I laid in my bed and this image of this flower just appeared in my mind. And my next thought was, oh my gosh, no one ever asks the flower if blooming is painful or of the crap that it must grow through in order to bloom. And I realized that it was all temporary. And oh my Lord. that came to you at 12 years old. Yeah. That is so brilliant. Nobody ever asked the flower if it's painful to grow or what it had, what crap it had to grow through bust through to ah that's amazing keep going yeah yeah so I realized that that at that point that this was going to be my fertilizer that I was going to use someday and I didn't know how that was going to all work I mean I couldn't possibly conceive of that then Um, and I think to a large extent that's what I was able to do Um, so you know I went on to college and studied my favorite subject which of course was nature I have a degree in ecology And then I went on to photograph nature and um, did, you know, I did photography for a number of years. Okay, wait a second. You can't just skip over the photography bit. You, you worked for the National Geographic. I did a small job for them. Yeah. And it was really a great experience. Like right as soon as I was done with photo school as well, I worked with um, one of the editors there and she was amazing to work with. And I had a beautiful, like early start in photography. There were amazing people that I was able to learn from. And I feel like going through that experience of changing careers and going into photography, like it was so interesting because it gave me, I feel like what I got from photography was mindfulness. Like, and I teach photography to kids um, and as well. And I think that it's such an interesting way to learn mindfulness because as a photographer, if you're not really, really present, then you're not going to get the best pictures and you really have to be there in it to see, um, I think in a unique way, that's my experience. Anyway, I don't know what other photographers would say. Oh, that's so interesting. I just, just as an aside, because I'm not a photographer, but I've, made the mistaken notion of thinking that people aren't as present 
in the moment when they're taking a picture because there's this distance between it. But I've not ever given photographers that credit because I'm just, I haven't walked in those shoes. I take horrible pictures. I cut the heads off of everything and everybody. So it's like, nobody wants me taking pictures of anybody, but I have never seen it that way. It's like a meditative tool. My husband is a great photographer. And so I have a whole new respect. So thank you for educating me, at least on that. (laughs) We're on a roll. Keep going. (laughs) Yeah, so I I loved the photography work that I was doing, um, and then my niece passed away, and it was very unexpected, and it was very sudden. She was six. She was six. Oh um, my goodness! And she was this amazing child. She was just like everything that I want to be when I grow up. She was just incredible. Um, wow! And what did? How did she die? It was bacterial meningitis. Yeah. So she was, I mean, it was kind of like a car accident. She was here and then she was gone. Um, And my son was four at the time. And so, you know, as a mom, like, you know, explain this to a four-year-old and, you know, there were all kinds of things going on. But when that happened, I knew that I would, I I would need help to be able to grow through that grief. And um, that's when I started studying Qigong and Taoist meditation, um, and philosophy, um, which was for me, it was like a way back home to the forest that I, that held me when I was young. Um, so yeah. So when my son, when the pandemic started and my son really had some really big fears about, you know, COVID and the virus and everything, I knew that I had to teach him somehow what I was able to teach myself over the years in, and that's hard as a mom because kids don't always want to like listen to, you know, <laughs> to say about emotions and um, they don't always, they don't always want to hear that. Um, so I had been looking for a book like this and I couldn't find one. And then I realized, oh my gosh, I should just do it. And, um, you know, I was talking to my cousin, Jenny Perez, who helped me illustrate it. She's an amazing- Hi, Jenny. Shout out to Jenny. And shout out to Misha too, who's part of team Nikki. So, Hey, Misha Walden (laughs) and Jenny Perez. We love you. You're here with us. We do. I would not have been able to do this without her work is amazing. It's so beautiful. It is. Oh my gosh. I wonder, well, we'll be able to show the video with some of the illustrations that she did. And in in a moment, we're going to be showing um, for everybody, get ready for the, the hug meditation. That'll be coming up very soon. And you'll get to see some of the beautiful artwork that will be in this gorgeous book. My emotions are not me. Okay. Keep going. Yeah. So, um, I was going to talk a little bit about how the book came to me because I thought that was so significant and so beautiful. I don't know how books typically come to people because I'm not somebody who would normally have, like, I would never thought I've ever written a book. Like, it doesn't make sense to me that I did this, if that makes sense. That's even the best reason of all. There's so many people (laughs) that are trying so hard to write their book for years and years. And then there's those people that are like, I never wanted to write a book. And then poof, here's a book. What? So (laughs) it's kind of like me. I didn't set out to write books. That was just it, like. I still don't even consider myself a writer necessarily like 11 books later, but anyway, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> keep going. 
<laughs> I keep That's saying true. that to you. I keep interrupting you. I'm sorry. That's okay. No, it's totally fine. Yeah. So a, like a week before at this, this idea sort of fell out of the sky and onto my head. I, um, I had one of those big dreams and it was where I was, I was like rushing to a meeting to meet a friend that I hadn't seen in a really long time. And I was so worried that I was going to miss them. So I was running into this building. And as I was running into this building, I heard someone say, Hey, Nikki, it's so nice to see you here. And it was like this soothing voice. And when I turned to the voice, I looked up and it was none other than Mr. Rogers. And we like locked eyes and <laughs> I just like knew in that moment that like everything was going to be fine. And he had this like amazing presence of just patience and kindness and love. I mean, it was so powerful. So I have a little picture of him on my desk, actually. You um, do? Oh, that's so, we all need a role model like that. I tell people when they're writing their books to have a sig, have a symbol or have a person or somebody that is that like inspiration. So you did that all organically. You didn't need me to teach you anything. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. so wonderful. Then that it came from a dream. Some of the best things come from dreams. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And so a week later, after that dream happened, um, the, you know, the first like big chunk of the idea fell out of the sky on the Feast of the Epiphany in 21. And Mm. I'm not a practicing like churchgoer, but Mm -hmm. I had a grandmother who would tell me all about all the saints and all the holy days. And she had pretty recently passed at that point. And so, um, to me, the, for the past year, almost, that was the most significant thing about that day that it was like the feast of the epiphany and, oh my gosh, grandma would be so excited. Um, and for those and- who are not Catholic and who don't, and I, I, it's probably not just Catholics, but I think it is a Catholic holiday. So what, what happened, what does that symbolize? Yeah. Um, well, I'm probably not the most qualified to answer that question, but I think it does, you know, it does, um, sort of connect with epiphanies and realizations with careers, but I think there are other contexts to it as well. So, okay. um, We're going to look that up. We're going to find out, we're going to bring it back after the break. (laughs) And if anybody wants to put it in the chat on Facebook, feel free feast of the epiphany. Yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah. So Anyway, so um, there was something else really significant happening that day. And like less than an hour from my house was the riot at the Capitol building. And so when I realized that- January 6th, insurrection. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It just, it felt so significant that like here I had written this book about, you know, working through your emotions um, and, you know- on, and it came to me on this day where people really needed to work so, through some emotions, right? Yeah. Wow. That is so, that is so significant, right? I mean, so many people just enraged and in fear and acting it out in the most violent, self-destructive and not just self-destructive, but just plain old destructive ways. And had they had a mother like you, or had they read a book like My Emotions Are Not Me, then they might've been able to do something more productive and they wouldn't be in jail and facing jail time right now. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Beautiful. So all of this came through. And again, I'm one of the things I'm always excited about is finding the blessing in disguise and the notion of my upcoming book, which is a crisis is a terrible thing to waste. So during the pandemic, all of these things are like all these catastrophes. And then you have this epiphany, the mm-hmm. feast of the epiphany, and you create something out of the muck. You're like this, this book is like this flower that comes out of the muck. So that's possible for, for all of us. Mm-hmm. Okay. So is there more? Can we give people, can we um, share the hug meditation? Yes, absolutely. We can share the hug meditation. So set this up, tell people what, how does this meditation relate to the book? And um, yeah, thank you. Um, well, hugging is a, like a big feature in the book. And, um, you know, we talk about getting enough hugs every day, um, especially for kids. And I think, I think a lot of busy parents like really forget like to hug their kids and, and some kids don't want to be hugged. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's really important for all of us to be hugged because it creates that sense of belonging. It can lower our blood pressure. There's so many good things that happen um, from being hugged. And uh, yeah, the hugging meditation, um, I, I don't know why it came to me. It came to me not that long ago, maybe a couple months ago. And um, I just started working on it. And I realized as I was working on it that it was it was based on uh, some dreams that I had about my grandfather who had passed when I was about 15 and um, my niece as well. Oh my goodness. Okay. So everybody get ready. And I want to say close your eyes, but don't close your eyes because you're going to want to see the beautiful artwork that um, came to Jenny, who is um, Nikki's cousin, right? Yeah. And all right. So, but get ready for the hug meditation. Let's see. I've never done this before, but I'm trying and tell me if you can see this Nikki. Yes, I can. This is a hugging meditation for anyone out there who could use a hug, but maybe doesn't have anyone nearby to hug. I hope you'll spread the love by sharing this hug with someone you love. First, I'd like to invite you to close your eyes and take slow, smooth sips of air through your nose. Feel the weight of your body connecting to our Mother Earth. As you sense the earth below you, see that there are roots growing from you deep into the earth. Feel that the earth is holding, supporting, and nurturing not just you, but your soul. Imagine that you can send any emotions into the earth that need to be recycled. And imagine that the earth gives you love in exchange for the emotions that you finally decided to let go. Now imagine bringing that love to your heart. Allow it to grow and fill you with golden sunshine. Next, draw your attention to the top of your head and imagine that your hair is turning into branches. Your new branches reach toward the sun, gathering warmth and sunshine. 
As your branches reach upward, maybe you can feel the openness and love that was responsible for creating the stars. Draw that love down into your heart and see that you are also part of that love. Allow the love from the stars and the love from the earth to grow, filling you with golden sunshine. Now see yourself where you're at, right here and now. And imagine I'm someone who you'd like to hug. I can be someone you know, or someone you don't know, someone imaginary, or even someone you haven't seen in a very long time and would love to hug. You look up and see me across the room. Feel the happiness of seeing me fill you from your feet all the way up your body. I see you and my eyes fill with tears of love and joy as we lock our gaze. It's so nice to see you here. I've missed you. I'm so happy to be here with you. You bring me joy because I love who you are right here and right now as you are. The past doesn't matter as much as this moment right here, right now. This is pure, unconditional love. And I love you with my whole being. We embrace each other in a warm hug. And as we do, all the sad, fearful, angry emotions melt to the floor. And we fill with pure, golden love. I tell you all the things you need to hear right now and you tell me all the things you want to say stay in this hug as long as you'd like remembering to breathe feeling more loved with each breath and see if you can see yourself through my eyes I think you're wonderful and beautiful as you are right now. And I'm so glad you're in my life. Oh my goodness. That was fantastic. Nikki, Thank you that so was much. great. Thank you so much. So we're about to go to a quick break. And when we come back on the other side, we'll take questions about your dreams, about your emotional health and well-being. We'll talk to Nikki Davis more about even her dreams. We'll see what comes up, what surprises. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Go in the meantime, check out Nikki Davis. Her website is myemotionsarenotme.com. 
We'll be right back. Throughout history, dreamers have opened the door for positive change that reshapes the world. Our dreams and stories can also attract individual prosperity and success. Join creative artist Valerie June, Aisha Ophelia, Jacqueline Suskin, and Sarah Walco for The Power of Radical Imagination, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Ignite your radical imagination and cultivate positive change. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. We're glad you found us. This is UnityOnlineRadio.org, the voice of an awakening world. Dream interpretation and a lot more. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome back to the Ask Dr. Dream show. And this is the place where you uncover the truth of your dreams and reveal the beauty of who you are. But what's underneath all of that is it's really all about our emotions. And we're talking about the fact that your emotions are not you. My emotions are not me. I'm talking to the queen of emotional intelligence. I just dubbed you that, Nikki. Nikki Davis, who is the author of the upcoming book, My Emotions Are Not Me. And that's the website. That's the .com as well. Myemotionsarenotme.com. And if you missed the earlier segment, you want to go back and listen to it on Unity Online Radio to hear the amazing and see the amazing hug meditation from Nikki Davis. It was so beautiful. Artwork done by her cousin, um, Jenny. What's the last name? Perez. Jenny Perez. Shout out mm-hmm. to Jenny Perez and a big shout out to um, my stepdaughter, Misha Walden, who's helping to orchestrate so many things. She's like the one-armed paper hanger behind the wall, behind the wall, behind the scenes, making so many wonderful things happen. So, and we will take your questions about dreams. And I see that some of you are already lining up the number to call. If you have a question about dreams or your emotional health or well-being or how you can get your copy of the hug meditation and the number to call is 816-251-3555. So Nikki, before we take a quick question, there was something else you wanted to say that we mentioned over the break. And yeah, we were just going to talk a little bit about what, what, what is actually in the book. Yeah. Like, Uh, yes, it's a journal. We know that. Yeah. So it's an illustrated learning journal. Um, Like I said before, the lovely and talented Jenny Perez helped me with the illustrations. Um, And the book combines a lot of my own interests. It was inspired by nature and ancient wisdom. Um, Like I had said before that I I study with a lineage, with a Taoist lineage. Um, And my goal with the book was to give children some tools to navigate the oceans of emotion that we all have right now. And I wanted to present it in a way that was engaging and fun. So there will be stickers and opportunities to draw or write but um, I think mostly it will help them get in touch with themselves in a way that will allow them to experience their own inner world for themselves, connect with, um, you know, their inner world, like I said, and have more awareness and compassion for themselves, others, and the earth, um, and hopefully gain some understanding of themselves in that way. 
Not hopefully, for sure they will. And I just noticed my inner child jumped when you said stickers. I'm like, oh yeah, this is going to be, it's not just a book to look at from afar. It's one to to do. It's a book, not just to read, but to do and to write in and to, to get into. I'm so excited. I can't wait for my copy. I don't even, it's like, I'm not even thinking of this as a kid's book. This is so important. Um, so I'm just thinking as a human, you and I share human design in common. We're both kind of enthusiastic about that. I'm a human design practitioner and in human design, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, look it up. The, the founder of it, the creator of it, Ra Uru, who talked about how the solar plexus, which is the center of our emotion in human design, that's what they, that's how we relate to it. It's the most important thing to look at in terms of our evolution as a species. He said, our, our evolution as a species is all based on how we be with our emotions, how we, how objective we can be, how we can hold them, how we can have them without them having us. So if we really wanted to step into quantum evolution, becoming the, the, what did somebody say yesterday? The 20 X version of ourselves, like the best version of ourselves, we would get our emotions together. We wouldn't suppress them and we wouldn't act out on them, but we would learn about them. We would become intelligent about them. We would embrace them and, and be curious about them, but have a, healthy, functional relationship, as opposed to the dysfunctional relationship that most of us have, especially with our fear, our anger, and and like the sadness and the things that we mostly don't want to talk about. So I think this book is right on time. It's at, clearly divinely plopped in your lap and you did the work. I mean, I think all of us get one of those like lightning bolt moments in our lives and not everybody acts on it. So I just congratulate you for taking heed and even in having the humility of like, I don't know, I don't write books. And like, yeah, you don't need to write a book in order to write a book. You don't have to know how just do it. Okay. So let's take some questions. Let's see. Um, let's start with skip. Oh, skip from Florida. Skip what's on your heart today. Um, I'm dealing. I, it's, um, thank you for having this topic today. Can you hear me? Welcome. Yeah. You're clear loud and clear i um sunday night my two and a half year old um cat i had to put down oh i'm so sorry i don't know they 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 did all kinds of tests um she was walking in circles and um got progressively worse over three or four days um it was either you know um encephalitis meningitis even a possibly a, a brain tumor, they don't know, but it, it tore me up. I'm so um, sorry, I, Skip. I can feel your broken heart. Thank you. Thank you for expressing it. Keep going. Well, I, I just want to say um, I'm, I'm, I was thinking of calling before she passed and just seeing if I, I was getting any advice, but now I'm calling because of the topic and I'm dealing with a lot with this. Um, I, I found this baby uh, less than a week old, and I bottle fed him. And uh, so we were t- close. And uh, it's, uh, it, it's been very, very tough. I've lost oh. animals before, but not one that was so young. And, um, and what I wasn't ready. I was, was not ready. 
but um, you know, I I don't have dreams. I have since she's passed, I had glimpses of seeing her, seeing him. I mean, pardon me, I got so many uh, mm-hmm. seeing him on my in my yard as a, and I do believe it was him. Um, and this was in your dream? No, this was just I, like a vision. A, a vision, yes. That's wonderful. You know, I, I, I'm just, um, you know, I uh, when I did the service, I um, I laid him out, and I had the other animals able to go around and see him <sighs> because. Excuse me. Yeah, no. I wanted them to know. Yeah. Yeah. Cause otherwise they don't know. They, they need that communication too. It's so important. That's so smart of you to, to have done that. Well, I'm very close to animals. I, I, um, I, I communicate with them very well. Um, they, they don't hold any judgment, you know, when they like you, they like you. It's easy. Skip, but, uh, and I, I don't know, and I, I, if Misha's listening, Misha will know that every time you call in, it's, it, it, your name is so significant to me. My, my husband's business partner in the Laurel Canyon Animal Company, his name was Skip, and he was a big animal lover, and, um, and I don't know a lot of people named Skip. So, and the fact that you also are such an animal lover, I can't help but feel that there's this divine synchronicity and. There's another skip on the other side that's going to help to take care of of your of your cat. What was what was your cat's name? Molly. Molly. Yeah. Molly. So Nikki Davis, is there what comes to you when about about I don't know any advice to offer Skip about the passing of beautiful Molly? Yeah. First, I mean, I'd like to say that I'm so sorry that you you lost Molly. That's that's so sad. Um, and I, I feel that. Um, and I think what comes to me, there's a couple of things that come to me, but I mean, one, I am a believer that the ones who pass on, whether they're animal or human, I, I really believe that they are just right there. Um, so, I mean, to me, when you feel like you saw your cat, I think you really saw your cat. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't think that's, I don't think that's crazy. I think that's, that's, that's okay to be like, yeah, I saw my cat. Um, I had a great Dean who passed, um, before the pandemic and, and he, he was so old and, you know, it was, it was so hard for us to lose him. And I had this experience when, um, he, the moment he died, that was so strange to me, but I mean, the the only way I can explain it is that something else was going on that we can't measure with science, but, it was in that moment that he passed that I, it was like, I saw him jump out of his body and turn around and look at me. And, and he had this look on his face that was like, oh my God, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> and then he sort of ran around like, wow, I feel great. This is great. <laughs> right. Oh, um, so wonderful to get a glimpse of oh, not just the dying, right. but like, like Skip seeing and seeing a vision of Molly <clears throat> And, and you, Nikki, seeing that vision 
And I had that as well with Lola when she passed. I got the vision of her unzipping her dog suit and becoming part of the cosmos. <laughs> it was so amazing. So, Skip, you were about to say something. I was just going to say uh, in reference to her, what she said was thank you for reminding me because, you know, he was in such pain at walking out of that cat suit was um, a blessing. I think and, we should, uh, it's a blessing that he, that she's out of pain and yeah I, I think we should all like everyone where you're at who, whether you're listening live or watching live or wherever you are let's all just give skip a big hug and let's also include molly in that big hug let's just energetically wrap our arms around skip and his tender beautiful heart and his sadness and his missing and his grief and, and all of the feelings that are all swirled up here. Let's just know that we are connected to our brother skip and that love. It, it doesn't go into a vacuum. It's it's, it goes on. And I know Molly is feeling it. And that feedback loop is, is continuing. And we're not trying to get rid of your sadness, just adding, adding love to it, adding so much love to it. What a beautiful, tender, precious soul you are, Skip. Thank you so much for calling in today. Thank you for sharing you. Molly with us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my heavens. Beautiful. Um, okay, so let's take another caller. We've got Miss Denise. We always get a great dream from Denise. What's on your heart today, Miss Denise? Hi. Okay. Hi. Um- you know I talk fast. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I can't help it. Okay. I am in my neighborhood, the neighborhood okay. that I live in, and I'm okay. riding a bike. And I'm riding the bike. And mm. then I pass a house. When I pass the house, it has two levels, and for some reason it had a, a balcony. Two people are on the balcony. Uh, I, I want to say a girl and a guy. And I just ride by on the bike. Next thing you know, I feel something in my back. And long story short, they evidently had, I'm going to go out on a limb. I don't know what they had. I'm going to say something like a bow and arrow that maybe might have been a little smaller. Because anyway, I, I, I felt something in my back. I, oh, my God, my back. And I'm still riding the bike. Then I'm riding it, and a lady says, oh, there's something in your back. And then I stopped the bike, and then she pulls out the little thing that was in my back. And she said, that's odd. There is not hardly any blood. And I'm like, okay. And she pulled it out and I kept riding the bike. <laughs> that was it. Oh, and was it the woman that you think threw it at you? No, no, no. A they different were still woman. back on the balcony. Because I turned back around when that thing hit me in the back and I saw them with something in their hand. Can I can't you tell literally you what it was, feel it was. like, uh, can you physically identify where yeah. that was on your back? more more to the right or left it wasn't like in the back as far as in the middle of the back it wasn't the lower back i would say more more on the shoulder side of the back so it wasn't Hmm. like in the heart of the back yeah but it was a little bit of tiny blood and i was like okay and i think i'm not even said to her which is true i'm not a big bleeder i said well i'm not a big bleeder and i just got on my bike and kept going i didn't go back and confront them or anything 
I don't know if they were aiming at me, but when I was going past with the bike, I did see them up at this house that had two levels and it had a balcony, a girl and a guy. Yes. That's okay. it. Oh my goodness. There's so much here. So, um, Nikki, I'll, I'm going to dive in and then I'll pass it to you unless you're feeling a strong hit and you want to go first. No, go ahead. Okay. So I think the first thing that comes to me, and this is just doing the kind of the reality check, um, in, in my chicken soup for the soul books, there were so many instances where there was some like body ache that shows up in the dream, whether there's a punch or a stab or something. And it turns out that it's, it's just a good idea to go get that spot checked out. Like next time you have a, a physical exam to say, Hey doc, check this thing or look, look at, look at this, or maybe, I don't know, just, just to clear out that the possibility of there being some physical aspect to the dream more often than not dreams are metaphysical and symbolic, but sometimes there's a physical component. So I would just check that part out. Um, but the feeling of this, um, Denise, it, it, um, I mean, because we're just kind of getting short and sweet on the time I'm, I'm imagining, um, that the feeling was like anything with the back, somebody either having your back or hurting right. you in the back. It's kind of like, yeah. so the, it's the opposite of somebody having your back It's somebody taking a cheap shot at you. And it's a right. woman who's on a higher plane. So I imagine Ooh. If there was, if, if it were my dream, who, who did I put on a higher plane than me that, that I'm, that maybe saying things about me or maybe not having my best interest at heart, or it could Ooh. be, is, is there, are you getting a little anything there? Not that you have to name no, anybody. I am, I am. And I see that, but what I like was, you know, I did, you know, decipher genes a little different or whatever. I like the fact that I have the strength and I continue to ride that bike and a bike takes a little bit of energy. It's not the, the, you know, you can, you know, if you don't pedal, the bike ain't going to move. So to yeah. me, whoever is trying, if, if we determine it your way, you didn't stop me. There was a little bit of blood. It got pulled out and I yes. kept riding. So you didn't stop me, whoever you are. Right. I can't help but think if it were my dream, like riding a bike is even though a lot of adults do it, I've got, we've got Nikki on the show and we're talking about kind of this, this book that was written first for kids, but it's of course for adults, mm -hmm. but it makes me feel like there's, if it were in, if it were my dream, the last, mm -hmm. when I really rode bikes a lot, I was a kid, I was young okay. and there were yeah. like mean girls that did say yeah. things behind my back and that, that didn't have my best intention at heart. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if this is an old wound. And I know it was part of my strategy mm. to be like, whatever sticks and stones, like whatever. Mm. I mean, in, in reality, it did hurt. I cried to myself, Nikki, I yeah. kept my emotions locked in into myself. I didn't let them know they hurt me. It's like, I'm fine. And it's so funny. This is like a random thing, but I just thought of this yesterday. So I think this is a synchronicity. Denise, your dreams are always so synchronistic with me. I had this, this memory of, um, I was traveling and I, I don't know, I was in Europe or something. And there was a guy like a beggar who was, had his, had his um, hands out and he, and he had like a, mm -hmm. a basket and I reached in my pocket to see if I had any change and I didn't have any change, but I had some almonds that I had been eating. So I just put a few <laughs> almonds in this dish. <laughs> and 
and I'm walking past and all of a sudden, bam, like, he threw them at me. Like, I don't want your damn almonds, lady. I want your money. I was like, it was all I had. I was starting to be nice. Oh my goodness, that's too funny. That's too funny. I was just thinking about that um, yesterday and that happened like 30 years ago. So there's something about it hitting, there being some shock and like, oh, this isn't supposed to happen. You know, did I do something that hurt somebody or did I like what's happening that I can't see? It's in my blind spot. I don't really know, but it's getting Ooh. my attention. So Ooh, I like that. Those are some things that Ooh, come I- to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Nikki, let's pass it to you. What are you connecting with, with all this? Doing? Yeah, no, I, I think you nailed it, actually. I, I don't know that I can tell that, Kelly. <laughs> but I, I did wonder if it was sort of like a childhood dream, like when she was on her bike and riding, you know, that's what came to my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So it would be interesting um, to know if that was like a past trauma that had happened. Yeah. Yeah. Does does that ring any bell, Denise? Does that feel, no, I mean, do you ride a bike no. these days? No, I mean, you know, I'm very physical and whatnot. And I had a bike when I was a child, obviously. Um, but these were adults. Well, okay, it's a dream. I was an adult. I, it was contemporary. It was you today, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I, so my question for you is if we're going to do the quick jet set, which we're just kind of skipping through, but moving to the, the end part of it, how do if, if every dream comes to us in the service of our health, healing, and wholeness, in other words, enlightenment, how is this dream trying to enlighten you? Do you have a sense of that? I, I see it two ways. I, I, I do see that maybe I, but I don't put people other than my mother up there like that. Um, as far as somebody not having my back, I, 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 I agree with that. I, I think that can be, um, that, that, yeah, I, I'll go with that. Um, um, but to, to me, what's profound too is, is the lady or the person that's on at her house and she sees that something's in my back and pulls it out. That's significant of something as well, though. Yeah. Because yeah. It's like my thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would think there's a part of myself that is helping me to heal, to pull out the arrows that others have thrown at me. I mean, we're all Ooh. social creatures. I mean, it's such an issue that we all grapple with. And we're talking about this even in the pandemic. We like needing to be around people, the hugging being so important. We want to, mm-hmm. we want to please people. We want people to like us. And yet sometimes we are just doing our very best to do our thing and people will be people will take pot shots at us. If mm-hmm. especially if you put yourself out there, if you're if you're mm-hmm. out in the world in any way, especially exposed, then we could get hurt. But I love that it didn't stop you. And this is a theme that I've seen in your dreams that you've shared, Denise. Yeah. Things happen that yeah. some people would go, what in the world? <laughs> ah, they would completely like melt into a puddle of tears and you're like, I'm fine. Whatever. Keep I'm going. Fine. So my question for Nikki about this is, I think people, we could probably put people in one of like one of two categories, the people that maybe overly indulge in their emotions or the emotions like run away with them. And then there's those who maybe are really good at saying, nope, I'm fine. And maybe not feeling. And I know I've been, I can put myself in both categories. Um, so what's the best way to be 
like with if this mm-hmm. were your dream and you're like wow well maybe mm-hmm. was there some feelings to unpack how would you mm-hmm. deal with this if this were your dream Nikki yeah, yeah yeah I would I would I would look at um the emotional aspect of it and yeah I think I think like you said initially I would like check out that part of my back because I feel like yeah I'm, in Chinese medicine, we talk about how if we hold on to emotions for too long, they can get stuck in our body. And so that tells yeah. me that maybe there's something somatically that you can work on. Um, mm. Yeah. Even so with a massage, like even like with a getting a massage and making sure to to move some of that out. Yeah, there might be something. Oh, I see. Okay. I, I receive that. I receive that. And I will do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that. Awesome. Thank you so much. I I always love hearing your dreams. There's always so much synchronicity with you. What is (laughs) it with you you and your dreams? Thank you, honey. (laughs) Okay. So Nikki, one thing I wanted to bring up that I thought was an also sort of a synchronistic thing in your hug meditation. There's, it's one of the things that you do at the beginning of it is you're the, the little, the little being is sitting on the ground and you say, see the beautiful roots and then the branches coming out of his head. Do you know, are you familiar with Patricia Garfield? No. uh -uh. She just passed away this last year. She wrote a book called Creative Dreaming, and she was one of the big dream female pioneers that is, that really was somebody who started talking about dreams in the mainstream years and years ago. And her big first dream was called The Branching Woman. And it was about seeing herself with branches coming out of her head. And since then there were, there were significant dreams that she had about those branches. And there's so many um, people from around the world that have dreams of branches coming out of their head. And there's such a convert, like there's a kind of a subculture of people that talk about the significance of this branching woman or branching man phenomenon. Mm -hmm. And I see it sometimes in paintings that are even totally unrelated. And to me, it's so significant. I feel like it's the, we're rooted and we're connecting to something else, but is there anything that's particularly significant to you about those branches that you had coming out of, out of the head? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think that, you know, ancient cultures all over the world really identified with trees in that way. And when we do Qigong in the lineage that I'm trained in, we always, we always ground and sort of imagine um, roots growing out from the bottom of our feet or really anchoring into the, to the earth. Um, And then we always go up and try to connect with the stars. And for me, that's what would come to me over and over again, whenever I would do Qigong um, was like that I was becoming this tree, Mm. if, if you will. And yeah. Yeah. There's something so grounding and uplifting about that at the same time. And, and it, so I think we should all go out and hug a tree today and hug somebody and listen to this hug meditation again and again and again. Nikki, we're out of time, but I want to just, can you plug your, some of your social media places or something? Like I know inst- most of your handle is my emotions are not me at, on yeah. Facebook and all that, but tell people how they can reach you. Yes. So my website is my emotions are not me.com and you can find me on my emotions are not me on Facebook and Instagram and we're on YouTube as well. Wonderful. Nikki Davis, thank you so much for sharing with us today for this big, beautiful virtual hug that feels so real. Thank you so much. I can't wait for your book to come out. My emotions are not me. Woohoo! All right, everybody have a beautiful dreamy day. And until next week, don't take your dreams lying down. 
Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.